What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, the podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name is Ryan Pulis, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. Hi everyone, Ryan Pulis here with another episode of the CPA Zone. Today we're going to talk about depreciation. And what is depreciation? So depreciation is a deduction that allows you to recover the cost of business or investment property over a number of years. So a normal person's definition would be something like a reduction in the value of an asset with the passage of time due to wear and tear. The IRS defines it in section 167A. That says there shall be allowed as a depreciation deduction a reasonable allowance for the exhaustion, wear, and tear, including a reasonable allowance for obsolescence, one of property used in a trade or business, or two of property held for investment. So that's a longer, more complicated way of saying the same thing, which I call a regular person definition, which defines depreciation as a reduction in the value of an asset with the passage of time due to wear and tear. You'll often hear depreciation referred to as a phantom expense or non-cash expense. This is in the real estate world. This is generally what allows you to have a positive cash flow with a tax loss. That's depreciation because it's simply a tax deduction with no cash outlay. Now, one thing to note is depreciation is not optional. So depreciation reduces your basis in the asset every year by the amount of depreciation allowed or allowable. This is whether you take the deduction or not. So in other words, you can't skip the deduction to avoid depreciation recapture later. So if you remember, depreciation recapture happens when you sell a depreciable asset for some type of gain. So the gain would be your selling price minus the adjusted basis. Part of that gain is recapturing prior year's depreciation. So for example, let's say you bought a $10,000 asset that's being depreciated and you've so far taken $3,000 in depreciation. That leaves an adjusted basis of $7,000. Now you sell that asset for $11,000. So you have an overall gain of $4,000. Selling price of $11,000 minus your $7,000 adjusted basis. $3,000 of that $4,000 gain is related to the prior depreciation. So that's called depreciation recapture and is generally taxed at your ordinary income tax rates with the exception of real property, which is taxed at your ordinary income tax rates up to a maximum rate of 25%. So you get some benefit there if you're in higher tax brackets. So just know depreciation, not optional. You can't avoid recapture by not taking it. If you don't take depreciation, the IRS actually considers this the adoption of an incorrect accounting method, but there's a way to fix that. If you, let's say you have skipped depreciation deductions in the past, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you can file a form 3115 change in accounting method to correct this. And it allows you to catch up for that missed depreciation in the past. So some common types of depreciable property are so buildings, so in the real estate world, you have residential buildings are depreciated over 27 and a half years on a straight line basis. Non-residential properties depreciate over 39 years. 
land improvements. The, this is 15 year property. And these are things like fences, landscaping, they're improvements to the land, but aren't really connected to the building itself. And then personal property. This is more five and seven year property, things like furniture, appliance, equipment. We also have land. Now, land is not depreciable. The IRS assumes land's going to maintain its value. It doesn't wear out. It's permanently there. So when you buy a piece of real estate, for example, one of the first things you do is allocate the cost between the land and building because the land is not depreciable while the building is. And typically you do this by looking to the sales agreement. If there's a cost allocation there, or you can have an appraisal done. If you don't have the information in a sales agreement or you don't have an appraisal, you can use property tax assessments and you'd allocate the land value based on the percent of the total assessed value that is related to land. So for example, you purchase a rental property for $150,000. You look at the property tax records and the property tax records show an assessed value of $100,000. Typically they're lower than the actual purchase price of the building or the property. So the assessed value shows a total assessed value of $100,000, 25,000 is land and the remaining 75,000 is for the building itself. So of the total assessed value, land is equal to 25%, 25,000 divided by 100,000. So that's what we use to allocate our purchase price. So our purchase price of 150,000, multiply that by 25% to get a land value of 37,500. And then the building value is the remainder, 150,000 minus your 37,500 gives you a building value of 112,500. Now, how do we calculate the actual depreciation? This generally, it's going to depend on the type of asset, but there are three main steps. First, determine your basis in the asset. So this is your purchase price plus closing costs plus any capital improvements. Next, you determine the depreciable basis. So how much of that basis is allowed to be depreciated? So an example, again, with a residential real estate building, say we purchased a building for $400,000. There were $10,000 in closing costs. And we made $90,000 of improvements to the property before we put it into service. So we're going to assume in this case, land is equal to 20% of the purchase price. So our purchase price is the $400,000. 400,000 times 20% is $80,000 for the land value. So we subtract that from our purchase price. So 400,000 minus the 80,000 allocated to land gives us a building value of $320,000. Now we add in closing costs, 10,000 and 90,000 are improvements to get a total depreciable basis of $420,000. So the third step, calculate depreciation based on the IRS class life or asset life. And you can find these in IRS publication 946. So we're dealing with residential real estate in this case, which is depreciated over 27 and a half years. So we take our $420,000 divided by 27 and a half years for an annual depreciation deduction of $15,273. So that's how you would calculate depreciation. Generally, the first and last year for a building, for example, they're going to be a bit different depending on when, what month the building is placed in service. So they're not going to be exactly the uh, depreciable basis divided by 27 and a half. They'll be a slightly different amount in the first year and the last year, but every year in between, is going to equal the 15,273 in this example. So we have two special types of depreciation. The first one we're going to talk about is called bonus depreciation, which I'm sure most of you have heard of. 
Bonus depreciation essentially allows you to accelerate the depreciation of an asset in the first year at some determined rate based on the IRS code in place at that time. So bonus depreciation applies to property with an asset life of 20 years or less. This is things like personal property, which are generally five and seven year property, like carpeting, equipment, appliances, furniture, and land improvements, which is our 15 year property. So you have like fences, swimming pools, and landscaping. So bonus depreciation from 2017 with the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act through 2022 was allowed at 100%. So if you bought a $10,000 piece of equipment using bonus depreciation, you could write off the entire $10,000 in year one. Now in 2023, we're starting to phase out. So it's no longer 100% bonus, we're down to 80%. So if you buy that same $10,000 asset this year in 2023, you can use bonus depreciation to write off 80% or $8,000. Then the balance is depreciated over its normal useful life, assuming five years or seven years, depending on the asset. Next year, 2024, bonus drops down to 60%, and then each year it drops another 20, 40, 20, going down to zero in 2027, where it will remain unless Congress acts and changes that. The next special type of depreciation is what's called Section 179 depreciation. This allows immediate expensing of up to $1.16 million of qualified property placed in service during the year. That $1,160,000 is the 2023 number. This gets adjusted annually based on inflation. There's what's called an active business rule for Section 179 depreciation. That means the business taking the write-off has to be an active business as opposed to simply an investment. So if you own a single rental property, that may or may not rise to an active business. So if it does not, then you're not going to take, you're not going to be able to use Section 179. Maybe you have a commercial property that you're more actively involved in. It rises to the level of an active business. Section 179 is allowed. And that's generally going to be the case with your operating businesses. No problem there. Now, unlike bonus depreciation, Section 179 cannot create a tax loss. It can get your taxable income down to zero, but cannot generate a loss. So that's how often you're going to see bonus depreciation used in the real estate world because you're you're accelerating depreciation and using it to generate a larger loss on your rental properties, for example. Well, Section 179 doesn't allow a loss. You can... Any unused Section 179 deduction could be carried forward to future tax years, but it can't create a loss. Also, Section 179 does not apply to buildings or land improvements. So bonus depreciation also doesn't apply to buildings because bonus depreciation is only eligible on property with an asset life of 20 years or less. And buildings are depreciated over 27 and a half years if it's residential or 39 if it's non-residential. So no bonus, no Section 179 on buildings, but land improvements there you can use bonus depreciation because land improvements are 15-year property. They're under that 20-year life threshold. However, with Section 179, you cannot use that on land improvements at all. So to recap, depreciation allows you to recover the cost of an asset over time. Often this is what allows a rental property to cash flow while creating a tax loss. Remember, depreciation is not optional. You have to take it. It adjusts your basis no matter what. Bonus depreciation, 2023, we have 80%. That's 
That's going to continue to drop by 20% a year until 2027 when it goes to zero, but still a really great uh, depreciation write-off for this year. And Section 179 allows a 100% write-off up to $1.16 million of assets placed in service in 2023, but it cannot create a loss and must be an active business. I hope this information was helpful. Please like and subscribe below. And until next time, have a great day. So that about does it for this episode of the CPA Zone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients, and if you'd like to work with us, then go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.